Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Did we just become best friends? Yep. Best friends forever. Fantasy, best friends forever. What's up and welcome inside Studio 34, Thursday, February 14th for Valentine's Day. Happy Valentine's Day to everybody out there. I am Frank Stanfield. We'll be joined live in studio with my good buddy, Andy Singleton. Make sure you follow him on Twitter over, over at People's Pen, People's with a Z. We'll also have Dr. A of Inside Injuries on the show later on today to talk about you know, some some baseball players that, uh, that we, we have some concern over heading into the season. We'll get the latest updates on those players, uh, what their timetables are, what we should expect heading into the season. Uh, we'll get into all of that today. I got, I got, I got a fun show planned uh, with a little Valentine's Day theme. You know those little sweetheart candies, the hearts that have all the sayings on them? Uh, be mine, cutie pie, I love you. We're basically going to match up players for fantasy baseball this season that match those sayings, how we feel about those players this year. So we're going to get into all that. Got a fun show planned for you today. 844-843-6879 is the number to call in. But I would be remiss if I didn't mention... Everybody sees what's going on with Corey Parson, our good buddy. Friend of the show, I love Corey as long as I've been in this industry writing, um, you know, going back to our days at Sirius, I was an intern there. I've learned a lot from Corey. Love him. Can't really talk about anything behind the scenes that's going on, obviously, but, you know, you can check out everything that's going on with Corey over on his Twitter, at the Fantasy Exec. Uh, You know, you want to continue to follow him, so on and so forth. Uh, you know, look, nothing but love for Corey. Um, you know, Gabe spoke about it a little bit during the morning show. A lot like sports, right? Like, you know, there are things that go on behind the scenes that unfortunately we can't talk about. But if you've been following the show, if you've been following the network, if you've been following me for years, you know that me and Corey, we have nothing but love for each other. So I just wanted to address that first and foremost at the top of the show. I mentioned Andy Singleton here live in studio. Andy. Before I ask you, how's everything going in your life? You're a newlywed. I thought it made a lot of sense to have you on the show, the Valentine's Day edition. How did you sleep last night, buddy? I, I, I slept all right. Last night was pretty good. I, I feel like I'm here in a somber, on a somber day, even though we're, it was supposed to be spreading love. Valentine's Day, as you mentioned. But uh, Corey's awesome. I love Corey. I was just DMing with him back and forth. Uh, I just found out about this myself. As I was walking up the stairs to come in here, I was all excited to be back here. Uh, so, Corey, wherever you are, miss you, love you. Was hoping to have seen you today, but uh, understood. But um, I'm happy to be back, Frank. And uh, you were at my wedding, so right, it was a great wedding. I, I, I don't remember much of it. <laughs> I, 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 w- I wish I could say on air that I don't either, but uh, I'd probably get in trouble. So, <laughs> I remember every single moment of it. But uh, no, I'm exactly. I'm, I'm happy to be here. We got a lot to talk about. Lot to discuss. I, I can relate actually from from the lead that you just started with because uh, some of you might know the baseball stuff I did with the baseball show. Uh, we just kind of had a little uh, thing go on as well, and uh, I'm not going to get into details. But the baseball show, unfortunately, 
uh, will be no longer. So uh, probably the first place I've said that officially, but uh, just, you know, if anybody was curious, anybody tuning in, wondering where the uh, videos have been the last couple of weeks, uh, now you know. So, uh, yeah, new new year, new season. But I'm excited to get into things, to things with you today. And this is my first time with Dr. Ray. Uh, I'm curious, you know, we're, we're so far apart and there's so many, so much room around you. So uh, I, I wanted to give you a little uh, Andy Singleton Island over there, a little bit of a little bit of Darrell Reeves, a little Reeves Island for you. That, that's the Singleton Island over there. I love this spot over here. I, I remember being here on draft night, NFL draft night, and I, I was owning this. Do you spot, really so. remember that night? Uh, we had fun that night. I, I do remember it. I do remember it. And I remember owning this and wanting to uh, buy real estate here. But um, no, I put the cologne on for you and everything, and you kicked me to the corner. So anyway, let's go. Let's get into this thing. Let's do it. Look, yeah, you've been following Andy for years. Uh, he's a friend of the show. He's come on. We talk baseball. We talk football. He mentioned the baseball show. Uh, just because it's not around doesn't mean that all of his knowledge goes away. He still has knowledge. He still, you know, still has it in there to talk about some fantasy baseball. So, as I mentioned, we're going to get into that right now. Little heart candies. You know, I couldn't find any. I was trying. I looked in a few pharmacies. I'm trying to buy the little heart candies for Valentine's Day. Figured I could, I could pull out some of the heart sayings and we could do it live on the spot. You know, oh, what does this heart candy say? Well, let's find a player that, that matches how we feel about said player. I couldn't find the heart candies. I'm sorry, everybody. I tried. Couldn't find them. So instead, I looked up pictures. I got them right here. We're going to start off with Be Mine. So Be Mine, I was trying to figure out how to make these relate to fantasy baseball, Andy. And what I came up with for Be Mine is somebody who you haven't owned before in fantasy baseball who you want to own this year. So I'll start it off with you. I'll throw it your way. We'll do a hitter and a pitcher for each one of these. Be Mine, somebody you haven't owned before but you want to own this year. Who's your hitter? I absolutely love the concept of what you're going with, with this. Uh, everybody knows Valentine's Day candy, so I really love this. But the fact that we don't have them physically here, I think I might want to leave now. Um, <laughs> but my hitter, I'm going to go with Nick Castellanos, who I actually just traded for in my main uh, dynasty league in this past offseason. Uh, he just turns 27 on March 4th, so he's just about to enter his prime window. This guy is like an Arenado light. Maybe even Anthony Rizzo would be a better comp just for the consistency he's starting to put together. It's a discounted version of those two players, of course, but uh, you're getting consistency across the board. No speed, but you're getting the average. You're getting the power. Uh, I think he's a lock for 30 home runs this year. I don't think he's the type of player that's affected by his supporting cast at all. And this is a guy I've never really been able to get a, uh, my hands on in former draft. So like I said, I just traded for him in Dynasty League, and he's somebody I'm definitely targeting in Redraft League. So I think the price is right with the value that he provides. Andy, I love Nick Cassianos. He's someone that I was touting last year. I was talking him up a lot. Unfortunately, I didn't end up with the guy. I Look, he hits for great batting average, 285, 272, 298 the past three seasons. I still feel like he has that breakout coming. And, you know, whether he's with the Detroit Tigers or not, I actually think if he gets moved, He'll probably end up in a better offensive situation uh, because as of right now, you know, it's not like the Tigers lineup is murderer's row or anything. My biggest problem, right? And, you know, I'll call you out. You call me out, so on and so forth. We'll go back and forth here. You said he's a lock for 30 home runs. It's something he's never done in his career. He had 26 home runs last uh, two years ago in 2017. He had 23 home runs last year. Hits the ball extremely hard. I love the bad ball profile for Nick Castellanos. My biggest issue doesn't hit enough fly balls. You know, 35.8% last year, 38.2% the year before. Hits a lot of line drives. Reminds me, you know, his bad ball profile reminds me a lot of Freddie Freeman. Hits a lot of line drives. Hits a lot of doubles. He's going to give you good batting average. I just, I think if he does raise the launch angle, 
that we can get a 30 home run season out of him. The problem is, Andy, I haven't seen enough of it trending that way for me to project him for 30 home runs, if that makes sense. I get where you're going with that, and I'm not opposed to you feeling that way. I think if you look at him being a safe 25-ish home run guy, he said 23, he was 26 the year before. Uh, But I go back to that turning 27 this year, and that's the prime. That's the when the window opens for your prime. That that nice five-year gap from 27 to you know 30-ish to 32, where you're at your physical prime, your peak power performance. And I think that if you look historically, there is a significant jump for players that enter that 27 years. So if he's already at 25, I'm willing to bet. And, you know, this is this is just historical data. This isn't – and a gut feel, if you will. This isn't necessarily saying something. I'm looking at a number and pointing and saying the launch angle or exit velocity or things of that nature. I'm just saying for where he is and where he's been, I, I think we can safely assume that that five-homer jump and put 30 as the, as the floor for him this year in, in the power department. Yeah, if I were projecting him myself, again, I love the batting average. Uh, I think, you know, whether he's with the Tigers or with another team, I think he'll be in the middle of wherever he, whatever lineup he's in. So, look, I think, you know, 80-plus runs, you know, 85, 90 RBI, you know, hitting 290, 285, I think that's a safe floor, 25 home runs. I love Castellanos. Um, well, you know, we'll see where he ends up. Um, see if I get some more shares of Castellanos this year. Uh, I'm definitely in. Look, a guy I haven't owned before, and I've already been talking him up a lot, is Tommy Pham. Now, I really like what I saw out of Tommy Pham last year and the past couple of years. As much as I love him, and I'm going to talk about why I do, with the Tampa Bay Rays last year, look, he was phenomenal. 343, he didn't have to worry about whether he was going to play every day. You saw the article last year on Sports Illustrated with Tommy Pham. Uh, he's a very animated dude. You know, he, he was using all kinds of different language, talking about, you know, why is this bum playing ahead of me on the St. Louis Cardinals? And you know what? You can't really argue with the guy. He gets traded over to Tampa Bay in 39 games. He had seven home runs, scores 35 runs. He actually scored over 100 runs last year combined between the Cardinals and the Rays. He hit 343, a 51% hard hit rate last year with the Tampa Bay Rays. Lots of line drives. Um... I see the home run to fly ball ratio. It's high. It's over 20%, but it's 23.9% for his career. So at this point, uh, you know, you got about 1,500 plate appearances in his back pocket here at the major league level. I trust it. I trust the home run to fly ball ratio. So to me, I think Tommy Pham is one of these guys where you could get a 2020 season out of him uh, with a very good batting average, close to 300, maybe above that. He's going to hit at the top of the Rays lineup. Not a great lineup. It's not a terrible lineup. It's, it's fine. He's going to hit in good hitting environments uh, in the AL East. I think he could come close or even exceed 100 runs scored once again. Here's my problem. The ADP, Andy. The ADP when it comes to Tommy Pham, right? I'm looking at 56.85 NFBC ADP, which in a 15-team league puts him in the fourth round. So you're probably getting him... Sometimes as your outfield one, I think ideally you'd want him as your outfield two. I know in the labor draft the other night, Paul Sporer and uh, Jason Collette teaming up, they took him at the 3-4 turn in a 15-team league. That's pick 45. What do you think about Tommy Pham? What do you think about the price you have to pay right now? Yeah, I personally like Tommy Pham a lot. Uh, I thought last year was the year to really be all in on him. I like the situation moving to Tampa Bay, but... That is way, way, way too much of a premium, too rich for my blood. That's not a price I'm willing to pay for fam. You look at what he did last year. In more games, he had less homers, less steals, 
Uh, he, of course, he is outspoken. He hasn't, he, you know, hasn't even had a full season in Tampa Bay yet, and he's already blasting the fan base. I mean, the off the field stuff alone worries me enough that he can get off to a bad start there, and not have support, and you know, maybe in the doghouse. You know, they have a lot of talent coming up in Tampa Bay. Maybe he's the guy that's on the trading block next year and and getting shipped out of Tampa Bay. A late, a late bloomer. Uh, I do like the combination of everything he brings, but I don't think this is a fourth round, fifth round guy. Uh, you're chasing. I'm guessing you're chasing speed and steals at that point, and that's way too early and too much of a premium for me to put on a guy that I'm looking at maybe hopefully get 15 steals from. I can get that later. You know, the steals is definitely a premium, and you can't find a lot of players that are going to give you a minimum 15 steals, but I can still get those in the middle rounds later on that I don't want to invest in the fourth, fifth. Even if he fell to the sixth round, I would still look at it as a little too much uh, – there are other guys I'd rather have. We mentioned Castellanos, the guy I'm going after. I'd much rather have the safety in that bat, and that's going a full three to four rounds after Tommy Pham. So um, a lot of more questions and concerns than guarantees for me with Pham, and, and that's what worries me. Yeah, and I can't knock you for that either. Look, he's a real interesting case. You mentioned some off-the-field stuff, the way that he talks. He's very candid in his interviews. He's a 30-year-old guy. Uh, you know, who was kind of a late bloomer with the St. Louis Cardinals. You know, the Cardinals are always able to find these random kind of like journeyman guys that have been in their minor leagues and then they come up and they end up being awesome. I mean, Luke Voigt could have been another one of those guys, but then they traded him over to the Yankees. It just seems like they always find these guys. Matt Carpenter seems like he was kind of a late bloomer too. Uh, Tommy Pham, just another one of these players. I'm just, I'm really looking at the batted ball profile. He, he strikes out a lot, but he hits the ball extremely hard. I'm talking about an average exit velocity around 93 miles per hour. Man, the price is just, it's really its really getting up there. I think he's a player that can hit 20 to 25 home runs, steal 20 to 25 bases with a great batting average. The problem is I think everybody else is also seeing Tommy Pham the same exact way. I'm going to have some shares of Tommy Pham. I don't know if I'm going to be able to get him everywhere at that price, uh, but I do really, really like him season uh, this season. I think there is a lot to like there. Andy, let's move over to the starting pitcher that you have here. I would expect nothing less from Andy Singleton here. A very polarizing pitcher this season uh, a pitcher for the Colorado Rockies. It's not Kyle Freeland. It's the other Colorado Rockies. Uh, you know, Matt Modica refers to these guys every year as the helium arms. They're the guys that are just shooting up draft boards. It's hard to dispute what Herman Marquez did in the second half last year. I mean, he was otherworldly. You know, uh, for the season as, as a whole, 230 strikeouts. But in that second half, I mean, his strikeout rate way up. His walk rate way down. People have concerns, though, because he pitches in Colorado. I know that uh, his slider is, you know, one of the filthiest pitches in baseball. Started throwing it more last year. You're not scared off from, uh, from, from Coors Field, huh? I'm not at all. And if that's the only concern, then I think we have to rethink how baseball has been going the last few years. You've seen a couple Colorado Rockies pitchers, more significantly over the last few years, have better success. Um, you know, the things they've done to try to – well, you know, Chase Field and then, of course, Coors Field as well, things to uh, affect how the, the balls are hit out there. Uh, that's not even the, the, it for me. That, that's not why I'm buying into it. I'm buying into it because you mentioned how he finished. From August on, 80 innings, a 2.24 ERA, a 0.95 whip, 12.3K per nine. Frank, do you realize that not since Herman Marquez was 18 and 17 when he was his first two seasons in rookie ball – did he have a, a walk per nine above three? Every year since that, he's been above. I mean, I'm sorry, below three walks per nine. That's remarkable control. 
he's up the K rate, taking advantage of the free swinging hitters in the MLB now. How many pitchers today are getting you 200 innings on the season? He was four short of that, 196 last year. He's got the frame and the, and the body and the size to, to be a 200-inning pitcher, and you're only getting a dozen to 20 of those guys. We'll say 15 200-inning guys per season in baseball now. He's one of them. So I am not scared off at all. I think it's still a tremendous value for where the ADP is. I will take Herman Marquez in every draft I can get him and, and take advantage of other people having the doubt about him and worrying about him being a Rocky. So Herman Marquez with an NFBC ADP in the month of February of 85.15. Uh, you know, he's going, I've seen him in that, you know, sixth, seventh round range in 15 team leagues. Look, I'm looking at the second half and I see it. Look, I understand the upside here. Reminds me a lot of Luis Castillo from last year. He's kind of the guy that, you know, you're drafting as a top 30 pitcher that you see have a monster second half and you're holding, hoping that he can continue to build off that. Just some of these numbers in the second half. 2.25 FIP, 2.30 X FIP, 12 Ks per nine, 1.94 walks per nine. I get it, man. Coors Field just scares me a little bit. I get it, though. The upside is definitely there for Marquez. When we get back, we'll have Dr. A of Inside Injuries. That's Andy Singleton. Follow him at People's Pen. I'm Frank Stample. Fantasy BFFs, the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. DailyRoto.com. Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you advice. We play every day. All major sports, all year round. We never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build an optimized lineup for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com. The following ad contains shocking material. Listener discretion is advised. Is someone in your family playing a dangerous game of Russian roulette? Over 43,000 people die a year from drug overdose. 120 people a day. Five people every hour. One person every 12 minutes. 88,000 people die every year from alcohol abuse. Over 240 people a day, 10 an hour, one person every six minutes. Somebody you know may be next. Learn how to help someone you love get away from the drugs, alcohol, and bad influences. With the FMLA, people can take a leave of absence from their job and still keep it. Call now and learn how we can help you. 866-484-9621 866-484-9621 That's 866-484-9621 Scout Fantasy Sports This is the problem with clothes right now. More teams are employing multiple relievers to right. close games and it's making it difficult and that's why you see these clothes up the board. I love Alvarado's arm. I picked him up last year and he did not get consistent saves. I took three mediocre closers, maybe even bad ones. But if I can get 15 to 20 saves from each of them, I cannot be in last place in the category. I don't want to win the saves category, Ross. I don't give a... Weekdays, 2 to 4 p.m. Eastern on the Fantasy Sports Network and on your popular podcast providers. Best friends forever. Frank Stanfield joined live in studio by my good buddy Andy Singleton. BFF. BFF is correct. Andy, what do you think about this song? 
Are you, are you right with this? Because I, my musical taste, I constantly talk about this. I had Ian Khan line in, uh, live in studio yesterday talking about I'm all over the place. This, man. this is my era, though. This, this You heard about this probably when your parents were playing this. I was yeah, that's exactly. Right. I was growing up when this was actually on the top charts. You that's know? exactly so right. That's that's the problem with, with the age dis- disparity here. Well, you're not as old as Greg. You know, Greg just turned 50 years old this week. Uh, we're not going to get into that anymore. Uh, I, I hear some sniffling back there, which means Dr. A of Inside Injuries is on the line. Uh, Doc, what do you think about the song Be My Lover? Is, uh, is, is, that, is that your jam? Yeah, you know, I think that's more my uh, speed of uh, when I was growing up. Uh, you probably weren't even born when that song came out. I love it, though. <laughs> I love it. I'm all over it. Like 90, 80s, 90s freestyle uh, techno house dance, but I'm all, I'm all over the place. I'll listen to hip hop. I, you know, I've been to hip hop shows, uh, rest in peace, Mac Miller. I've seen him live Metallica. I've seen them a ton too, as well. So musically, uh, whatever. I'm all over the place. I like to have fun, but let's get into, let's get into the injuries, you know, some stuff that might not be as fun for others, specifically Francisco Lindor. You know, this was a guy that uh, made headlines last week, came out, I believe Friday, uh, over the weekend last week, Francisco Lindor. Uh, seems like a pretty severe calf strain here, Doc. Expected to miss seven to nine weeks. Specifically, why this worries me is he might be ready for the start of the season. You know, he might miss the first week or two. But this is a guy that we draft relying on speed, too. You know, we want 20 to 25 stolen bases. When should we expect Lindor back? How worried are we about re-injury with Francisco Lindor? And can we count on him to have the same speed uh, on the base paths this season? Yeah, so this is a grade three calf strain. And for a shortstop, this is something that is more worrisome than for any other position on the field because of the, you know, the movement that a shortstop has to make, not only defensively, but like you said, uh, to steal bases and on the base base paths. And so this is a really, uh, this is sort of a worrisome type of injury. We have him slated at eight weeks recovery time, which is right in line with what the team is saying. But, you know, he could heal from this if his recovery goes fine. The issue is, is that, you know, to initiate the speed that you need from the, you know, sort of forward-facing position when trying to steal a base, that initial move is done with hamstrings and with calves. And, you know, I could just see him, if he's not stretched completely or, you know, in terms of he's not prepared uh, one game uh, that he's playing and he could uh, re-injure that calf and then you'll, you're looking at a 10, 11, 12-week uh, significant time miss type of thing. So I would be very careful with Lindor in the draft. Andy. Yeah, Dr. Reich. I'm, I'm concerned. I uh, just want to touch on Lindor a little bit more here. Uh, I've seen expert drafts already where he's gone pick eight and nine. He's not escaping the first round. I can't dispute the talent of Francisco Lindor. Yep. But, um, you know, can you still, Andy, can you still use your first round pick on him? Well, that's kind of what I wanted to ask him because we have Donaldson on this list coming up in a moment and we saw him completely derailed by a calf injury. I've had calf strains you know, as I've aged and it's it's horrible because you walk around, you rely on your calves for everything. And the only thing that really helps that is rest, right? You can't take a pill for this and there's no surgery that you're having to, to make it better and go away. So my question for you, Dr. Ray, is how much of Lindor's age factors in for you with his recovery time and being able to that eight-week window when he comes back say, hey, this isn't the rearview mirror, go forward and, and have a, a normally healthy season. I mean, he's still just 25, so there is a difference of when he had this in comparison to Josh Donaldson. 
Yeah, and see, I think also because this, from a shortstop standpoint, Josh Donaldson's a third baseman, and he got significantly impacted also because of his age. Now, yeah, I, I agree. The younger you are, the better you heal. The only thing that I worry about this is that it's the, the number three is after this grade, not two. Three means that there is a tear within the muscle, and that's what we're predicting based on everything that we've heard, that there is a tear within the muscle. And that takes, not only is it from a recovery standpoint, longer, but also it is a a higher likelihood that it does recur and he has all of these risk factors especially the fact that he's a shortstop so if he's expected to steal bases and he's expected to have a lot of range and coverage uh, in that position then you know this is an injury that has a really good chance of recurring and so that's why Right now, our IRC with Lindor is 36%. It's going to improve because, you know, obviously after the eight weeks are over, it will improve. But if you could just, it won't improve to the point of 5%. It'll probably go down and get better to a moderate to maybe 15%. So if you calculate that, he's likely to miss 15% of the games of the season due to this injury. That's what it's saying. We're speaking with Dr. A of Inside Injuries and Doc, Andy brought up Josh Donaldson, uh, who dealt with a calf and a shoulder injury. You're going to notice a lot of, there's a theme today. I mean, we have the calf with Josh Donaldson and, and Lindor, right. and then there's a lot of shoulder injuries, too, that I just wanted to get updates on some of these guys. So, Josh Donaldson, um, you know, he's basically the best of both worlds, or, or the worst of both worlds, I guess. He has the calf and the shoulder from last year. How, how much can we rely on Josh Donaldson this year? Is he going to be healthy? You know, what's going to be his risk for re-injury as well? As of right now, you're getting Josh Donaldson as a discount in drafts, but me personally, I feel like it's not worth the risk where you're getting. Like, there are still guys where he's going that are completely healthy, and at his age... I'm really worried about the health of Josh Donaldson. Yeah, and you should be. Uh, I mean, he, he's been recovering this uh, offseason. And, um, and, you know, it, the, the biggest thing with him is age and the multiple injuries uh, on top of multiple injuries and multiple calf strains in 17 and 18. And, um, and you know, he's not a shortstop, but his age is catching up to him. His IRC right now is 49%. I mean, it's basically flip of a coin if he's going to get injured or not every game he goes out. This is... Is, uh, got all the red red flags over it. His his with all the rest and everything like that. He still has an HPF below average, and so uh, with a 49% IRC and a below average HPF at 65%, this is the best he's going to get in our books, which is basically telling you to look elsewhere. Can, can I bring it back to Lindor for a moment? Because uh, it, it, <laughs> Andy can't let it go. Well, no, it, <laughs> I, I mean, it, it. I think it matters for both Lindor and for Donaldson with the same injury with the calf, at least. But we're talking about a top five overall pick in Lindor, who at just 25 has already hit 30-plus homers in back-to-back seasons. And I was talking about Castellanos before entering his prime, his physical prime at 27. Lindor's not even there yet, and he already hit 38 homers last year. Steals aside, this is still somebody that people rely on for the power and the batting average and everything like that. How much of the calf injury would you say affects the power and the ability to drive the ball? So a lot of the power comes from core. Um, so yes, although calf has something to do with it, 
calf is more related to speed and coverage and side-to-side lateral movement and initiation of speed like hamstring is are. Power is really generated from core and hip flexors um, and uh, lats and you know and, and upper body strength, etc. So um, from a power standpoint, the calf is much less of an effect than in terms of uh, the ability to steal bases and coverage. Awesome. Doc, I mentioned, you know, shoulder injuries that we want to get into. We spoke about Donaldson, uh, Chris Bryant, another one here that was dealing with the shoulder off and on all season last year. Grade one rotator cuff is what I have it as here. And, you know, there was there was data to support that, you know, after he suffered this injury, his batted ball data, his performance, every single thing went down, basically in a direct correlation with this shoulder injury. Uh, but it seemed like his injury, more so than anyone else, just lasted all season long. Uh, what can you tell us about Chris Bryant? You know, you're getting him at a discount. Again, he's going more so in the third round this year. In years past, he was a first, maybe second round pick. You're getting a bit of a discount, but this was a very severe shoulder injury last year with Chris Bryant. Yeah, and I mean, the good thing is he's not a pitcher, so he's in a completely different category. Uh, third baseman, this is a, this is a, um, uh, I believe it's throwing shoulder, so he still has got to make that throw from third base in a very powerful fashion. And so this is, originally this injury was a grade two rotator cuff. That means it's a, not a mild, but a moderate sprain of the rotator cuff. And, you know, he's had you know, a significant amount of time to heal. He's already back up to above average at 74%, likely will sneak close to peak health. Um, And, you know, the injury risk right now is 27%, but it's going to drop to probably 15 or 16%. So by the time opening day comes around. So, you know, I think third round is a very, very solid uh, area for him to be in based on his previous ongoing shoulder problems and his age. But I I do think that uh, from this particular injury, injury once the season starts and he doesn't have any setbacks you know he should be very close to peak health so third round looks right it looks pretty good for me i mean i have a lot of questions about chris bryant um i think the ultimate plan for the Cubs, even if if his if his shoulder goes back to what if he has this recur moving to first base move rizzo to second right rizzo's played there before so i mean i i feel like you lose the dh in in, in the nl but maybe we're gonna have that now universally right that's the, the next topic so that would help chris bryant um, I don't know how much longer we have for Dr. Ray, so if it's all right, I wanted to skip ahead to another guy we have on this list yeah, here. Yeah, perfectly fun. Because uh, of, of all the other guys that we have here, Matt Chapman, Arenado, Ozuna, Darvish, Brandon Morrow, Kenley Jensen, Denilson LeMay, to me, is, is the most polarizing and intriguing because, as you've noted here, Frank, he had Tommy John surgery last April, but he, he's still not ready to come back yet, and, and it's not even for a while yet still. So what, what's the delay with his recovery from this? And is it something that people should be concerned about? Is it something you think he can come back from and, and has success this season? Or should we just completely avoid him? Because even if he does come back, uh, he's probably going to have a lot of kinks to work out. Yeah, so, I mean, 10 years ago, the Tommy Jump surgery was really eight months, nine months recovery. Uh, and, you know, if, if somebody gets uh, torn ACL in the beginning of one season, then by the beginning of next season, you're thinking, okay, he's going to be ready to go. Well, data and statistics show that an extended period of rest post-surgery and an extended period of rehab really uh, makes the longevity and the stability of the repaired ulnar collateral ligament a lot better. And so, Right now, the optimal recovery time for a Tommy John type surgery, completely torn ulnar collateral ligament, is a minimum of 60 weeks from surgery. 
Okay. So, you know, that's over a year. It's, a, it's about 14 months and it could be more. And so, you know, it's not surprising to me that he's not going to be ready. It's typical 14 to 16 months for a fully healed Tommy John type surgery. Now, if he, if he's, if he's out more than that, then you can almost guarantee the team has not been telling you about a setback that he had. But right now he's on schedule sometime mid June is when we're thinking that he'll get back. Um, cause that really, is right around the 14-month standpoint. Well, now back meaning fully capable, ready to go out in games if he's if he's able to, you know, have command and control of his pitches and everything like that. Yeah, mid June to early July. Okay. All right. So there's the prognosis update uh, for Denelson Lamette. Uh, you know, I think I think we've been exposed so much to. I, I, I'm just talking for myself here. Uh, I feel like I've been exposed to torn ACLs so much that I'm kind of like combining torn ACL and torn UCL at this point. And I'm thinking that, oh, well, everyone's returning from, you know, a torn ACL in football and, you know, whatever, six, eight months nowadays. I think we're kind of just like lumping that in together with Tommy John. At least that's my thinking. I don't know. I felt like Tommy John was like quicker to come back from, but I, I think I'm just kind of like merging I, yeah, Tommy no. John and torn ACL together. Yeah, I think, different, I, I think I'm different body part. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> one's an elbow, one's a, one's a knee. Uh, but yeah, I mean, both very popular in their respective sports, uh, obviously with the torn ACL with football. Uh, and then with Tommy John in baseball. Doc, I did want to get to Matt Chapman here. Again, another guy dealing with a shoulder injury here. Uh, he had off-season surgeries on both his shoulder and his thumb, and we've actually had updates with Matt Chapman saying that he is going to be a little bit behind everybody else in Oakland A's camp in terms of spring training and getting in there and getting at bats and, and getting you know back up to, to game shape and... You know, and in midseason form, it's going to take a little bit longer for Matt Chapman. How worried should we be about him? Okay, so you know the the thumb the the right thumb surgery is the ulnar sided sesamoid bone bone excision, and so uh, you know if you take your right if you take your right thumb, there's sesamoid bones on your thumb basically right here. Then one is on the ulnar side, which is on this side, and one is on the radial side. So they took this one out. This this thumb is a significant. Uh, anchor point in terms of swinging the bat. So if he has any pain post-surgery uh, when he's theoretically fully healed on that, it'll significantly affect his power. And uh, the sesamoid bone injuries are very highly recurrent. So I would watch that with Matt Chapman because once I saw that he had a sesamoid bone excision, I, um, you know, the algorithm as well as myself, we were very clear in the fact that this is something that will affect it's such a finesse and a specific point, but that thumb represents an anchor point, okay? And so uh, if he experiences any pain there, it will be very hard to treat, and it will affect his power. So that's number one. Left shoulder had surgery in mid-December. Looks like it was a grade three, so he actually had a partial tear. Uh, and not just a uh, rotator cuff inflammation or um, you know uh, or a sprain. This one is a partial tear, and so with a combination of these two injuries, um, I know it's he's going to be delayed. But you know uh, we are very very negative on Matt Chapman for this year based on these two injuries alone, especially this right thumb injury because power is what you need from him. But, um, yep. you know, with this right thumb injury, it may be very difficult for him to sustain that all season long. Speaking with Dr. A of Inside Injuries, 
You know, Matt Chapman, I was looking at the second half uh, batted ball data last year, and there was a lot to be excited about. But basically, Andy, what I just heard from uh, Dr. Ray was, don't draft Matt Chapman, which is unfortunate. Very unfortunate. Very unfortunate because he, he, he's a guy I, I would love to have on every team. Him and, him and his twin, if you will, Matt Olson. I, oh. I, I, I love the Matts in oh, Oakland. Too, <laughs> uh, you, you have down here Kenley Jansen, and, and this, I would imagine, would be pretty quick. But uh, heart surgery, is that something that worries you? Or is this something that done, so, you know, fix him up, saw him up in the past, and Kenley Jensen can go back to being a stud closer? No, everybody, ha- not everyone, but there's, it's quite common to have some sort of heart arrhythmia. He had atrial fibrillation. A lot of that has to do with diet and um, body mass index and, and quality of life, etc. I know he lost 25 pounds, and he's cutting out carbs and sugar, so he's on the right track. Um, the surgery is really just a, it's a non-invasive, uh, minimally invasive surgery to, to basically make sure that his heart rhythm is back in line. Um, and he had the procedure. It's good to go. It really does not affect anything from a, uh, an orthopedic sports medicine standpoint. This is outside the realm of that. So he's in peak health. He's got his arrhythmia under control. He lost 25 pounds. From that standpoint, he looks pretty good to go. That is Dr. Ray of Inside Injuries. Make sure you follow Inside Injuries on Twitter. You know, I have the little turn on notification thing that whenever Inside Injuries tweets, I get a notification to my phone so that I can be up to date with the latest uh, injury information that is coming out from some of the best there over at Inside Injuries. Again, that was Dr. A. Doc, we appreciate you so much. I know we didn't get to all the names that we did today. Uh, Hopefully, we can do that next week. Can I ask Dr. A about any of my ailments? Uh, (laughs) Maybe next week. Next week. (laughs) Thanks again, Doc. Thanks, guys. Good to be with you. Thanks, Dr. A. Again, that was Dr. A of Inside Injuries. When we come back, we'll have more sweethearts. The players that we like heading into fantasy baseball this season on Valentine's Day. Again, that is Andy Singleton. I'm Frank Stample. Fantasy Best Friends Forever, Fantasy Sports Radio Network. The Fantasy Sports Network is hitting you from all angles with the best fantasy sports and betting analysis. You can catch the latest programming on so many platforms, there's no way you'll miss out on any of the award-winning programming we pump out every single day. You can listen through the FNTSY radio app, iHeartRadio, TuneIn Radio, Stitcher. Download our podcast through iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, Audioboom, and you can watch select programming on the FNTSY YouTube channel. The Fantasy Sports Network, your only source for fantasy sports and wagering anytime and anywhere. From the NFL to the NBA, DailyRoto.com is the place to win millions in daily fantasy. You can get the best DFS NFL coverage all season long for a price of $129.99 or dominate the entire daily fantasy sports realm with the Elite Package at $59.99 per month. If you use the promo code FNTSY, you get 10% off your Daily Roto Package. Go to DailyRoto.com, pick your NFL or Elite Package, enter promo code FNTSY, and you'll be on your way to becoming the next Daily Roto Millionaire. Maurice Allen, 2015-2016 European Long Drive Tour Champion, 2017 World Number One. Me personally, I keep my game face on me all the time. Especially coming out of the bunker, leaving the range, or even leaving the course. What's your story? Go to GameFaceGrooming.com for all your athletic facial wipes and body cleansing needs. Rainness! 
Make it rain. Here we are. Pitchers and catchers have arrived next week. It's going to be full-on spring training and still two of the youngest and best players in Major League Baseball unsignedsigned well with a where will they land it's the question that a lot of people are still trying to scratch their head going what in the hell is going on with Major League Baseball weekdays 6 to 9 a.m. Eastern on the fantasy sports network and on your popular podcast providers join the experts live on the air every day by calling in at 844-843-6879 to join the fantasy sports network Welcome back to the Fantasy Best Friends Forever. Frank Stample joined live in studio by Andy Singleton. The DailyRoto.com partnership with Data Golf is back for 2019 with all new premium fantasy golf and betting tools. Check out the all new lineup optimizer with custom settings and advanced grouping, customizable projections for FanDuel and DraftKings, ownership projections, PGA finish probabilities and simulator, outright and top 20 market betting tools, head to head and three ball betting tools. PGA Pro Tip, Subscriber Chat, and more. Go to DailyRoto.com, click on Go Premium, choose Golf, and enter promo code GOLF19 for a 10% discount. That's DailyRoto.com. Click on Go Premium, click on Golf, and enter promo code GOLF19 for a 10% discount. Andy Singleton, live in studio. Make sure you follow him at People's Pen. People's with a Z in the middle there. Better than normal. That's uh, and. Andy, I know you. I know you have a little uh, venture of your your own going on right now. Yeah, I've learned. I think I might be the only Andy Singleton on Twitter. So if you just put my name, you'll find the people's pet. If you if you get confused <laughs> with the how to spell people's, but uh, that that was a nickname. That's there's a history behind it. Uh, I did just launch a new website, expand the box score two months ago. It's a f- refreshing to talk baseball again. I've been mired in NFL draft coverage lately, and uh, expand the box score is basically exactly what it says we we sort through box scores and play-by-plays and we give you advanced data uh, right now it's got college football up there so you can get targets red zone data all that kind of stuff and we also have baseball coming so you'll see a lot of uh, a lot of advanced metrics for baseball as well so you can use it for dfs for fantasy for your dress for anything you want and it's only ten dollars for an entire year's worth of access so it's really just a, a an advanced tool for your toolbox it, expand the box score.com expand the box box score dot um, Andy, I didn't get to my pitcher before who uh, I wanted be mine, the little heart candy. Happy Valentine's Day for everyone out there watching and listening. The pitcher that I have here, going a little bit later, and this is somebody who you haven't owned before who you want to own this year. Kind of pains me to say, former Yankee, not, not a former Yankee, great, uh, had the potential to be great. Seems like the Boston Red Sox kind of unlocked some of that potential last year. And I'm talking about Nathan Avaldi going at, you know, pick 166 right now in NFBC ADP. Avaldi, uh, look, if I could always point to something that a pitcher is doing differently, is doing new, if they're throwing a new pitch and they're having success because of that, then I'm going to be pretty excited about that heading into the next season. Avaldi was always known as a guy uh, more of a thrower than a pitcher. He can throw extremely hard. We know, you know, he touches 100 miles per hour on the gun regularly when it comes to uh, to his starts. But last year, he added a new wrinkle to his game. Uh, started throwing a cutter last year, 32 percent of the time, and he started doing this a little bit a couple of years ago with the Yankees. And I thought we were starting to see some success with him that year, back in 2016. Through this cutter, you know, seven percent of the time. 
Um, and it looked like he was starting to turn a corner a little bit there for the Yankees, and then he had to go and have Tommy John surgery. Derailed his career a little bit there. But last year, through this pitch, 32% of the time, and I know it was painful to watch, but in the playoffs, down the stretch, you know, uh, painful for Yankee fans to watch. It was great for Red Sox fans to watch, but he pitched very well. And, you know, 3.8 ERA, um, you know, the ERA indicators are lower than that. I don't know a lot of people that are going to be on Evaldi, Andy, I'm pretty excited here, man. I always, for whatever reason, blindly assimilate Ivaldi to Carl Pavano, just kind of like what he produced with the Yankees. <laughs> That's not fair. And it's, it's not at all. It's not at all. But I just kind of feel like, you know, they, they remind me of each other in that realm. But uh, you look at Ivaldi's numbers, and we think of him as like this power arm. Uh, I was really intrigued when there was speculation that he might go to Houston and become an Astro and, and you know, what they're putting in the water for their pitchers down there and how they're evolving and changing and, that and sick man. i would i would have loved to have seen that experiment but the crazy part about Ivaldi is like you look at his numbers he's never been above a nine per, uh k per nine this is not anywhere near a, a strikeout pitcher but yet we have this thought of him being that uh maybe it's because he can't touch 100 whatever but he, he does, still hasn't really figured out how to harness that and even last year it was just at 8.19 k per nine so he's maintained the walks he's kept those down but Maybe it's his strikeouts are coming in big moments, and that's why we think of him in that way. But as as a guy over the course of a season, not really much I'm excited about. I will put some stock into the fact that he's on defending World Series champion Red Sox. He's in that rotation. He does have a great offense behind him. He, he should get a ton of run support. So he should be in line for wins. But as far as the counting stats go and everything like that, I mean, you look at the ERA. The ERA has never been something you know significant or substantial. The, the whip, no, nothing about him screams out like I have to have this guy dominant pitcher. Uh, he he got hot at the right moment on the right team and in, in the right stage, and, and I think that's propelled the perception of him a little too too much for me. Yeah, and I can't argue with that. Look, six point seven eight Ks per nine on average throughout his career, so it hasn't been great. I'm just gonna. Kind of hang my hat on last year. The swinging strike rate going up, it was a career high, 10.7%. The Ks per nine were a career high, up to 8.19 uh, Ks per nine last year. So, look, he's doing something differently. He's getting, he's missing more bats, getting a few more strikeouts. He's kind of progressing the way that we kind of hoped he would before he got hurt. He's doing so now. So, uh, I'm pretty excited about Nathan Avaldi getting him as your, you know, your SP5 in that range, SP5, SP6, I do think that there's a little bit of upside there. Yeah, in, in, that, in that realm, yeah. absolutely fine. Yeah, I mean, you're getting him, you know, 160, 170 ADP, so right. he's, if, he's going pretty late in drafts. If he's at the back end of your rotation... Yeah. I wouldn't want him higher than SP5. No. I, I don't I, want him as one of my top four pitchers. I, I just think the name became a little inflated as, as, as far as what we think of him, and, and that's all I'm saying. I want to see him do it for another full year, and it's, if this becomes a, a, a premier pitcher this year, then yeah, 20, 20, uh, 2020 drafts, I'm all over him. Again, it's Valentine's Day 2019. I had to bring in the newlywed Andy Singleton because it made the most sense. Not only that, I kind of like Andy. You're you're headed down that road. (laughs) You know what? I am. You're absolutely right. The next sweetheart candy that we have up here, the saying on the sweetheart candy is cutie pie. Somebody who's not the hottest but has potential. I was was actually trying to think of how to relate cutie pie to fantasy, uh, and my fiance was actually the one who came up with this. You said, you know, somebody who's not the hottest, but, but has potential. You're her cutie that's, pie. You're that's her a cutie, cutie pie. pie. Well, you know what? I would, uh, I would hope she would think that I am the hottest, Andy, but all right, whatever. Potential. You have here Luke Voigt, 188 ADP right now. 
You know, I almost forgot. With everything that's going on, Greg Sussman's out this week. I've launched a Patreon page, and I haven't even promoted it all week long. Like, you know, my head is all over the place. I got everything going on. Go head on over to my Twitter. You know, Greg's enjoying his pool noodles out there in Florida right now. If you head on over to my Twitter right now, uh, you know, my pin tweet you, will lead you to my Patreon page. I'm slowly revealing my, uh, my fantasy baseball rankings. As of right now, I'm releasing everything for free so everyone can kind of get a taste of what I'm going to be doing throughout the season. I wrote about a first-base sleeper, Andy. That was Luke Voigt. That is your cutie pie. Why? Well, first of all, I, I, you should be everything on this list to your, your darling, your cutie, her cutie pie, her V-mine, her everything, all that kind of stuff. So I didn't mean, You're exactly right. I didn't mean to make it slight in any way, but um, the Patreon page, I've checked it out. It is fantastic, phenomenal. A lot of good stuff that, that Frank's putting up there. So I would highly recommend going and check it out as well. And, and that's, you know, my, my live read for heartfelt. That's, I'm not getting anything for that. That is a true statement. Go check out Frank's Patreon. I'll buy you a but, beer later. Um, <laughs> as far as Luke Voigt, yeah, he's, I mean, you can't, like Adalberto Mondesi or Max Muncy, you can't like these guys and then not consider Voigt to be in that same kind of range. I mean, you look at the numbers he put up in the short period of time with the Yankees, it's astronomical. He was always considered that quad A kind of guy. So he didn't exactly come out of nowhere because the, the minor league numbers back it up, but he just never really had a long enough opportunity at the major league level to see if it could work, um, the stints were short, and it didn't work. So he's labeled that quad A guy. But the biggest thing, and I, I like the psychology of sports a lot. I, I mention that a lot in, in my analysis and reviews and things. I've heard you've heard me mention this before with other players we've talked about today. He fits in tremendously with his teammates and and the Yankee clubhouse. Like he was an instant fixture, uh, fan favorite. Um, he became somebody that. You, know, you see him in all the Instagram videos, all the pictures. He's always with his teammates. Like He f- blends into that clubhouse perfectly well. Not to say anything about Greg Bird, but I don't have the same feeling of Greg Bird having those intimate moments with his teammates the same way I see Luke Voigt in that, in that way. Um, he was up to third or fifth in the lineup by the end of the season and into the playoffs. So this is a guy that wasn't just you know doing it at the back end of the, of, of the lineup. He moved himself into a considerable position. So the opportunity is there. The Yankees have come out and said, this is our first baseman until he proves he can't be our everyday guy. I don't see how there's not more buzz. First base is weak this year. This is a guy you can get later on that can be a top 10, maybe even top five first baseman for you. So um, for a guy that... It's not necessarily how I'm viewing him, but the cutie pie being how others are viewing him. It doesn't seem like people are putting a lot of stock into him. Uh, what, what, what I say is uh, 188 is his NFBC ADP. That's extremely late. late. You're getting this guy as your, as your corner infielder. For, You're not even your starting first baseman. For, but it's a weak position as well. First base is weak this year. so It's very top-heavy. You know, we got the two elite guys at the top there. To me, there's a clear, you know, top 10 maybe guys that you trust, the Jose Abreu's, Matt Olson, who I like a lot this year as well. I'd even say it's five. Yeah. That I trust, that I feel comfortable with. you trust, yeah. Okay. Yeah, Luke, everyone's different. Um, And, you know, there was just, uh, uh, I think there are a few more guys, you know, Matt Carpenter's in that mix. He kind of, you know, people have gone back and forth on Matt Carpenter this year. Uh, But for Voight, look, he hits the ball extremely hard. That's what you need to know about him. He absolutely mashes. Last year, 92 miles per hour, average exit velocity. That was top 20 in all of baseball. The year before, it was with 91 miles per hour in a small sample size with the Cardinals. He was a career 288 hitter in the minors. The guy can hit. People are asking, 
you know, why is he going at pick 188 then? Well, there is a downside. He swings and misses a little bit too much, more than you would like to see. 14% swinging, uh, swinging strike rate for his MLB career. 26% K rate. But, and, and you know, Greg Bird is still there for whatever reason. It seems like, you know, the Yankees are never going to just, like, get rid of Greg Bird. But there's a lot of upside. Look, in, at my Patreon page, you can read about Luke Voigt. The comparison I made, I thought he could be this year's Jesus Aguilar. Someone who's kind of flying under the radar who can hit 260, 270 with 30-plus home runs, Andy. Yeah, and that's a guy that's right at that five mark that I was talking about, top five for the position at first base. I have Aguilar right there, like, right at the, at the, at the line, uh, where I, I want to feel comfortable based on what we've seen him, you know, coming up with Cleveland that never really materialized. Then he gets the, the role in Milwaukee, blends in well with that clubhouse, kind of same thing I was saying about Voight. Uh, he, I love that comp, actually, because it, it is a similar type of player, a late riser, a late bloomer. Um, but going back to Voight real quick, just go look at some of the pictures uh, that, that have been posted. This guy it is... his workouts. Go to YouTube. This he, guy can bench press 135 pounds with a full barbell and 45-pound weights on each side with one arm. Yeah, the, the one concern I might have for Voight <laughs> is he might be getting too big to swing He's a bat. too strong. Yeah, he might be getting too strong to swing a bat is what it's coming down to. He has but, trouble using the bathroom. Can't wipe himself. Let's save that for jacked. tomorrow. <laughs> save that. Speaking of saving that for tomorrow, uh, Andy Singleton will be here again tomorrow. Uh, we have a lot more players that we didn't even get to today, more players that we like for the upcoming season. So we'll kind of carry that Valentine's Day theme over from today into tomorrow as well. Um, but with that being said, I do want to sign off YouTube as of right now. We'll still be on the radio side of things for the next five minutes or so. Again, if you're watching or listening, uh, we want to thank you so much. Please subscribe to the Fantasy Sports Network. Give us a thumbs up. Leave us a comment. If you're listening on demand uh, for, for the podcast, whether it's iTunes or Google Play, make sure you rate, review, subscribe. Give us five stars. Again, leave us a comment. Let us know what you like, what you don't like, things that we can improve, uh, so on and so forth. We are very much appreciative. Uh, we're going to continue on the radio side for the next five minutes. Andy, the player that I had here as the cutie pie, someone who's not the hottest but has potential this year for fantasy baseball, he's going even later than Luke Voigt. I actually have these guys back-to-back in my first base rankings. I'm very excited about both of them. The other one is Tyler White. He's going at pick 266.5 right now in NFBC ADP in the month of February. And there is a downside because the Houston Astros have a lot of talented players. And Kyle Tucker is coming at some point. And I understand all of these things, but I look at the potential of Tyler White and what he's done at the minor league level and then what he did last year at the major league level. And it intrigues me. Last year uh, at the minor league level, at AAA, 70 games, 313 plate appearances, 14 home runs, 53 RBI. He batted 333. In 2017, he played 111 games at AAA, 25 home runs, a 300 batting average. I think at his core... Tyler White is a professional hitter who is trying to learn how to become a power hitter. And the hard hit rate wasn't necessarily there last year, and people could point to that, and I understand. I've been pimping out hard hit rate and average exit velocity. It's not necessarily there for Tyler White. But he's making a concerted effort to hit the ball more in the air. Over 40% fly ball rate last year. The home run to fly ball ratio was up 17%. He played in 66 games, 237 plate appearances. He hit 276 with 12 home runs. So if he's the everyday full-time DH, if you know he splits some time at first base, as long as he's in the lineup every day in a good lineup in Houston, I think he's a guy that can hit 275 with 25 home runs, and you're getting him where you're getting him right now in drafts. I think it's a pretty good discount, man. Here's the problem I have with White, and 
for where you're getting him, fine. It's 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 it costs you nothing to to take Tyler White, but he's he is the epitome of a late bloomer. I mean, he's 28 entering this season. He turned 28 last October, so be 28 for the, for the entire season, which is is kind of late to to be getting your first opportunity. Now, I know we're saying the same things about Voight and to a lesser degree Aguiar, but still, I feel like it's a, 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 a too too late of a bloomer for me. And the biggest problem I have is the other guy I have on my list is as somebody I'm always drafting is the guy who's still at first base for the Astros in Yuli Gurriel, who's not going anywhere. And he's way better than people want to give him credit for. He's a 300 hitter. He's a guy that's going to get you, you know, 85, 85, uh, not so much power, not so much speed, but Tyler White is going to be relegated to the DH role. I don't think he's going to win in any other spot in that Astros. I agree lineup. with that. I agree with that. So he will I, be the full-time DH. I think he's going to be, struggling to get every day at bats. And for that reason, again, wait, wait, like you said, where he's going costs you nothing. So you might as well, he's, he's worthy of a gamble, but I, I, I'm not excited about it. And I can't knock you for that. I'd be lying if I said I didn't have concerns about Tyler White and playing time. As of right now, Roster Resource has him as the starting designated hitter. But again, you know, Kyle Tucker is coming at some point. So, you know, if they want to put Kyle Tucker in the outfield and then maybe, you know, Josh Reddick starts to steal some designated hitter at bats or, you know, if they want to get Jake Marisnik in the lineup for his defense. I understand. There's Tony Kemp there as well. There's definitely concerns uh, with playing time. But if I'm trusting the talent of Tyler White and what I've seen at the minor league level and then even last year to an extent at the major league level, I'm trusting that the talent is going to win out here and that he's going to be in the lineup every single day. I think for a long time they've wanted Tyler White to kind of like become this player. I think it's finally happening, and I'm buying into the Astros lineup. Obviously, a great lineup. So I get what you're saying, but I'm more so just uh, trusting the talent and hoping that that wins out uh, here in 2019 for Tyler White. Andy, uh, how would you say your your Thursday, uh, your your first fantasy best friends forever of 2019 went? So far, so good. I'm excited. Uh, get to come back tomorrow. So hopefully, that was an indication. Uh, we're doubling the show tomorrow as well, so maybe, maybe that means it was a good thing. So I'm happy to be here. Follow me on Twitter, Andy Singleton, at People's Pen. Look for us uh, tomorrow with uh, more baseball, and who knows what other surprises. For Andy Singleton, I am Frank Stanfield. I want to thank everybody for watching and listening. As always, remember, stay classic fantasy owners. Couldn't catch the live show? Yes. Make sure to download our podcast at the FNTSY Sports Network Audio Boom channel. Oh, super. 